And so I started to apply this minimalism idea to marketing. And that's how we came up with the creating one year of marketing content in five days, really just boiling it down to what do you actually need? What's the bare minimum? And can that help you move forward and achieve the things you want to achieve in your business? Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Uh, joined today from Jacksonville in the States, uh, I have business consultant and marketing minimalist, something I'm sure we'll get onto in the conversation here. Welcome to the show, CEO of Absolute Marketing, Elizabeth Pampalone. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure and really looking forward to, to hearing some intriguing things about minimal marketing and, uh, and see where that takes us. But if we could start off with a bit of background in terms of what got you to where you are today. Yeah, so I've actually been in marketing for about 23 years, long time, and I have been building websites since then. Um, I did go to school to be a website programmer, so I'm very on the technical side as well. Right. Realized that really wasn't for me. I don't like it. <laughs> I can do it, but I don't like it. Um, and then I went through some personal things in my 20s and decided that I needed to kind of start my own company to kind of give myself a break because I was either overqualified for these jobs, underqualified for those jobs. And I said, you know what? I just need to do my own thing. Right. So I'm qualified for my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started a computer repair company. And after 10 years and um, getting married and having my husband work in that company with me, we ended up selling it. And I had already started my marketing firm at that point. But it was kind of this the second baby that I was working on at the time. And so when I sold the computer repair company, my husband went off to do his own thing, which he loved. And I was able to focus on the marketing company, which is what we have today as Absolute Marketing. Oh, fantastic. And uh, interesting point, I noted down there, you say, I can do it, but I don't love it or I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it, it's a, an interesting challenge, isn't it, in any business where if you've got a certain skill set that's something you can do, but it just doesn't float your boat for whatever reason. Uh, any advice you'd give to, to people who are find themselves in that situation? Yes. Um, sometimes it's what pays the bills. And I totally understand that because it's what paid the bills for me in the beginning. But when you get, you will reach a point, you will get to a point where it, it can't sustain that. You won't be able to continue that forever. Mm. And so that's when you have a decision point where you start to take your scale basically and say, okay, my scale is really heavily weighted in this thing I don't like, but I need to start putting on the other side, the little things to make the scale even. Yeah. And once the scale is even, then I know I can start letting go of that thing I don't like. Mm. And then I can tip the scale even more to the things I do like. And actually those will start to be the ones that make me money. So, you know, it's about really getting to that point of I have to do something and then making those choices and those sacrifices, really the time sacrifices, the additional time you have to put in to start making that scale change. Right. Oh, wonderful. Uh, I remember having a conversation with a coach of mine in, uh, in my New Zealand days where we're talking about, um, maybe taking a different career path and, and doing some different things. And we're talking about what it is, where my passion is and what, what I like doing and cooking. I, lo I love to cook. 
Um, and so there's that conversation of, do you want to move your career into that space? Yes. And just that realization, that actually, no, I don't. So just because you don't enjoy something at work, you might actually be able to um, to balance that out a little bit with other outlets, other me yeah. mechanisms to uh, to actually get that passion in your life. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's not just a case of having to leave your job and go do something on your own. You can do all sorts, can't you? Exactly. And that's why I like the scale idea, because you can start like putting little bits, little bits of time into this other thing. Yeah. And if it if you if it really gives you enough passion and enough drive, the scale will start to, to change, right? And then you'll have more of that thing and less of the thing you don't yeah. like. But if, if it's not enough, like you said, the cooking thing was good. So you might only have a few things in that scale and it's not really tipping much, but at least it's balancing enough for you at the time, right? Like it's giving you that relief, that release. Um, but I feel like that with me, it was, I didn't want to do the technical things. I wanted to do kind of the consumer end of what I was already doing. Right. So I was doing the business and, you know, doing all that programming and stuff, working with other programmers, but I really wanted to help regular people understand kind of the, some of the finer aspects of what I was doing on the other side of things. And right. so that was still kind of in the same field, but a different aspect of it. So I think that's where you really can make those career changes is where you have something you, you know that you're good at and you like, but you don't like that part of it. Right. And so there's maybe another avenue or aspect of it. You can start to really actually make that career change. Lovely. And out of interest, what got you into um, the sort of programming side in the first place? You know, it, what what ignited your passion or your, your desire in that space? So I actually took a library class on HTML back in the day <laughs> when it was very, very primitive. And you were using Notepad on your computer to make websites right. um, and build them from literally nothing out of, you know, thin air. Hmm. And I loved it. I just thought it was the coolest thing. And that was where that technical side of me of typing in some words and some carrots and some colons and commas, you know, and coming up with a visual product from text. And so that led me to say, well, I want to be a programmer. Obviously, I like this part of it. Yeah. But when I actually went to college for that and actually did that in school, I realized that I learned a lot of really good concepts and it gave me a lot of great foundation, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do every single day. Right. I, I really liked that more creative aspect of it, but having that really deep knowledge gave me a huge advantage in the direction that I ended up going. So it was, it was good to, to go that way, but it also helped me realize it wasn't really the space I wanted to stay in. Oh, fantastic. So maybe that brings us nicely into uh, what it is you do actually do now. And uh, we can talk a little bit maybe about um, marketing minimalism. Yeah. So a few years ago, I actually became a minimalist myself. And you probably look behind me and say, you're not a minimalist, Elizabeth. You have a lot of stuff behind you. Um, but minimalism, I think, is more of a threshold thing. So for me personally, there's a certain threshold. Like behind me are all the books I own. They're in this cabinet. There aren't any other books in the house that I own. They're all here. And so that's my threshold. That's kind of my minimalism. That's how I keep it contained. And so when I started working on it for my personal use in my home, then I realized, wait a minute, why aren't we doing this in business? Because people are overwhelmed in business, especially in marketing, especially in marketing. So I started to apply the same concepts of minimalism to marketing. And I already had my firm. We were already doing um, you know, business consulting with other small businesses and helping them with their websites and all these things. But I realized there's a lot of stuff that you could do in marketing. There's so much. 
but there's only a few things you should do for each individual business. And so it's kind of like, yeah, there's a lot of supplements you could take for your health, but there's only a few that you actually need for you, right? (laughs) So it's kind of that idea. Um, And so I started to apply this minimalism idea to marketing, and that's how we came up with the creating one year of marketing content in five days, really just boiling it down to what do you actually need? What's the bare minimum? Mm -hmm. And can that help you move forward and achieve the things you want to achieve in your business? Wow. And so uh, when you talk about one year of marketing content in five days, um, tell us a bit more about that. I mean, what, what does that look and feel like for people? So we actually focus on one project per day and we have a branding day um, where we create your entire brand, your opt-in, set up your email list, and really dive into your mission, your vision, your values, who's your audience, kind of all that branding stuff. We do your logo, your colors, your fonts, all that. And we do that in one day. Right. And then we take that and we move it into a second day, which is where we create your website in one day. You walk in with no website or a defunct one because a lot of people have them. They just don't work. Right. <laughs> and then you walk out with a finished, live, fully functional, completely content-filled website. So during that eight-hour period that we work with a client, we actually work physically with them, like one-on-one, and we get them from, I don't know what to put on my website, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to communicate this information, to saying, well, we did all this branding work yesterday, let's use it. So we just use all those pieces and build upon them to create the website. Websites don't take that long, they really don't, but they can take longer when you're trying to get the client information out of their brain and onto the paper kind of idea. And so we just really streamline that process. Um, the other days could look something yeah. like creating one year of content for your social media in a day. We create like 365 posts for one client in a day with them. Wow. Uh, Cause again, it's all up in their brain. Yeah. And then we also do, you know, email marketing in a day, the same way. Um, podcasting in a day will help them set up their podcast and record a certain number of episodes, help them get on podcasts as a guest. So we'll do like 50 uh, different applications for them and help them write their best bio and their best pitch. Then, you know, just to create their one sheet and all that stuff. Right. Um, we have a day where we actually create all their blogs for the entire year. And then we have a day where we create their e-commerce or we create their membership. Right. So we have like eight different options for actual full days. But really what most people need, kind of bare minimum, is branding, website, social, email. Those are like the basis. <laughs> and then the other things, maybe you're great at writing, blogging might be for you. Maybe you're great at speaking, podcast guesting might be great for you. Maybe you have a following, but you have all this content, you just don't know what to do with it. Maybe you need a membership. So we kind of then pick the right pieces for the right people. Again, just making it streamlined so that you typically need about five days for any given business, Right. but they're like your five days, the five days that make sense for you. Oh, wonderful. And I, I love the idea of the intense five days of working on you and your in your business. Uh, do people um, struggle with that if they, you know, if they've already got some business going on, is there flexibility? Does it have to be five days yeah. consecutive or how it do you? It does. Yeah, right. It does. And I do get a little pushback on that. Yeah. But then I kind of give them this like thing to think about. If you can't give me a week of your time, away from your business, but really for your business, right? Yeah. Um, away from your business, then what does that say about your business? Right. It's probably holding you hostage. <laughs> <laughs> and that means you can't take a vacation either. That means you can't, you know, and so 
if you could, even if it's like three days of one week and then we come back after the weekend in two more days or something, some combination of five consecutive days, most people can do it. Yeah. They just don't think they can initially. Um, and so the ones that actually do accomplish this and do set aside that time, maybe they only need three days, maybe they need the full five, whatever that is. One client we worked with, they had two full weeks. Wow. They were like, we want to get this done. And we yeah. just did two consecutive weeks. But if they actually set aside the time, they're the ones that see the huge results and the huge leaps forward. Right. The ones that drip it out one day here, come back in a month, do another day. They're the ones that see slow progress. They're the ones that get more frustrated because they have half the pieces they need, but not all the pieces they need. Yeah. Oh, and I can I can envisage the um, the website and the, uh, the personal branding and things like that coming through. The bit that I I don't know getting my head around a little bit is the uh, years worth of socials and the yes. years worth of blogs and things. So um, is because. Part of the reason I'm saying that is I find that uh, from my social, but there's a lot of what's happened to me in the day, where you know what's happening in the world that's maybe topical. Um, is this a case of just having a bank of um, of content that you can pull on if you wish, and you can start to, to to pull up there, or is it all like that's it, that's all that's happening for the year? So we like to create the bank, but we actually schedule it in because right. a lot of times what happens. Kids get sick, you go on vacation, yeah. things happen, that client really needed you, and you didn't get to the thing you meant to do today, which is write that blog or put up those posts or whatever. And so this is a bank that's scheduled, so it's already running. It's running in the background. We're writing all the posts. We're creating all the content. We're doing all the designs for all the images, and we're scheduling them in so that maybe three times a week, maybe five times a week, maybe twice a week whatever works the best for your business and your schedule, we're actually already posting. They're already in a schedule. They're done for the entire year. But these things that we're posting are stuff that you should be saying all the time anyway. Right. <laughs> and the things you're probably actually saying to clients in person, um, on phone calls all the time anyway. And so this is just kind of taking that repeating aspect and saying, you know, I really should be talking about this one piece of education. And maybe I do in real life. Yeah. But on social, I feel like, oh, I already said that three weeks ago. I can't say it again. But really, you should say it again. Yeah. <laughs> you should say it all the time. Um, and so even for like realtors, we have had realtors do this program. And they say, oh, well, I don't know what houses I'm going to sell in six months. I don't know what houses are going to come up next week, you know, right? right? But those are things they can do in the moment. Right. Those topical things, they don't have any problem posting that. It's the in-between days. It's the times when there isn't really something to say or something going on that they struggle with, what do I say now? And so that's what this social system does is it gives you this like background running. Hey, if I don't get to it this week, it's cool. I've right. got so much stuff already that's being said and it's all good stuff that I know needs to be said. And I'm guessing you can add to that as well. You know, if that's just your background piece, if there is a topical element, you can, nothing's stopping you from jumping on and, and adding to it at any stage. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like the more the merrier, the more posts you can put out, the better. But this gives you that like little peace of mind that if I don't get to it and something happens, yeah, I'm good. Like I'm not just stagnating or my socials are just going dead for two weeks. Or I've had people that have had illnesses or things happen to them three months go by and they right. don't have time to post or they have a really big client and they're actually working really hard, but 
they just don't have time to post. And so this really just gets that off your plate. Same thing with blogging, you know, writing up 12 blogs for the entire year doesn't really take that long. It takes about a day (laughs) and scheduling them in is great. And then if you want to write a topical post, you got plenty of time for that and you can always add it in anytime. Yeah. No, wonderful. Uh, And I know, it's something that I've struggled with from going independent is uh, that element of knocking on the door so much as in you going on onto social media, you get a couple of comments here and there. It's like, oh, you're on, I see you on LinkedIn again. I see your, your posts on Instagram coming through. Um, but I, I had some interesting chats with people about, um, you know, for those people, if it's too much for them, they'll, they'll just ignore it and they already yeah. know you anyway. That's that the content isn't necessarily for them. It's for the people who don't know you yet or haven't heard of you yet. And it's actually keeping that message going that reinforces things as well, isn't it? Exactly. And consistency is huge. You know, Google loves consistency. Um, All the social platforms love consistency. And if you'll notice, you'll probably see more posts from some people and less posts from others, even though they might actually be posting the same amount. If not, one is posting more than the other, but they're not showing the you know they're not showing you the same way. Yeah. So um, as long as you're consistent, and that's one of the things I find that a lot of people they'll be on the wagon from January to February, it's right. kind of like exercising, and then March maybe not so much, and then they're really busy in April, and then you know things like that happen. So this just makes sure that no matter what time of year it is, no matter how busy you get, no matter how inspired you are, you can always have some content being pushed out there and. One of the things that um, I have been told about my own social media, my own marketing, which is what I try to pass on to clients is you want people to come up to you and say, I see you everywhere. Right. I've seen you on LinkedIn so much, or I saw your post yesterday, or I got your email this morning, or you want those, those pieces of feedback, even if they don't comment on a post, even if they don't reply to that email, you want them, you want to hear that like physical feedback. And sometimes I've had people who've said, I saw your post, I took your class, you know, maybe some webinar I did somewhere and I never heard from them, but it's like now a year later and they've been getting my emails and they've been listening to my podcast and they've been doing all these things in the background. I had no idea. And then all of a sudden they call and say, now I'm ready to do something. And it was just because I was consistent. Right. Yeah. I I was just hitting on that analogy you were saying from a, a gym perspective. You might join in January, and this is this is already doing at least a little jog <laughs> once or twice a week for you, <laughs> anyway. Just in case you f- happen to forget about it in April and May when uh, when the weather's uh, maybe not so great or whatever it might be. So uh, exactly, yeah, I yeah, love it, love it. And um, uh, I know from reading your uh, your website and and, and your, your some of your blogs and things, you've brought a lot of those programming skills into that automation element of, of it all, isn't it? And that's, that's where it starts to tie in. Yeah, and there's so many great programs now. You know, I the, the thing I loved about being a programmer was that, again, I got all those foundational things. I know how all these programs work. I know how they were built. I know how the pieces fit together. But when a client comes to us, you know, they're a hairdresser or they're a doctor or they're like random people that do random things. And they're not technical. They don't know how these things work. So it's been really fun for me to bring a bunch of pieces together that are user-friendly and not so technical, but that I know are doing the right technical things. Right. And so the automations are huge for this. Um, we automate everything from the posting of all the socials to 
um, sharing of the podcast. So when I'm on a podcast, it automatically gets shared out. Right. Um, it gets put on my blog. It gets shared out to all these different things. It gets sent to it as an email to my list. Um, so we do that for our clients as well. And then also automating every blog post that you share um, and automating your emails. And so all of these things that we're kind of backlogging in this like five day period or whatever number of days we work with someone, mm-hmm. we're really giving them this head start and saying, it's all set up. You put in the work, you put in the effort to get it out of your brain and onto paper. And now you can receive the benefits of that and actually go out and do the things that can't be automated, like in-person networking or Mm. being on a podcast, actually talking to someone, you know, those things can't be automated. And so we just want to automate all the stuff that can be. Oh, lovely. Um, And one bit just to pick up on as well. I think you said these, uh, this is typically an in-person uh, piece it, it, is it only in person do you uh, do you work with clients outside of your geographical reach yeah we do these in virtual sessions as well right the only thing with virtual is the person has to be a little bit tech savvy sometimes people are just saying oh i'm not tech savvy at all i don't care about this i just want it done right right um and so those people i find work better in person but i've worked with people in singapore australia england um just it's all over the world and they work, they do really well. I've had people in Canada and you just <laughs> everywhere. Um, so it really just depends on the person and how technical they can be. Cause sometimes even technology, like our lovely zoom that we love to use or whatever, it can be very difficult to yeah. corral. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it can be kind of a pain and get in the way. Yeah. Um, but if they can manage that and they're good with that part of it, which I feel like a lot of people are now, like zoom is so tech in nature now, um, that those kinds of sessions are really fun and really easy. Um, but we find that the in-person sessions, we had the, that client that did two weeks, we went to their location um, and we traveled to them for two weeks for a week. And then they came to our location for a week and you just build such a much a stronger bond. And I'm able to really in, inhabit their business and what they're doing and give them a little bit more than uh, through virtual because virtual, there's that little b- glass plastic barrier <laughs> of the screen. Um, but I just feel like the in-person, we just get... We can become so much more friends, but then, of course, in the virtual, if someone's in Singapore, you know, I just can't quite get there. Um, but it's definitely something that we love to to help people all over the world with. Nice, nice, um, brilliant. And, and so, when it comes to your own performance, what do you do? Who do you go to? How do you get help to keep you at the top of your game? So, I actually follow a lot of people on LinkedIn, um, other marketers, actually. And I do a lot of virtual networking with other marketers. Hmm. And then I have my local group of friends who are marketers and they run their own firms. And I will just make sure that I'm connecting with them at least once a quarter. So we're going out, we're having tacos, we're, you know, sitting down having coffee. And I just like to have those just general conversations where there's always something that comes up where somebody says, oh, yeah, we're using this new tool or, you know, um, have you heard about this? you know, chat GPT is coming in all these things, like <laughs> random things that are brand new or whatever. Um, and so we'll just have conversations about them. And I always find that there's always some nugget of wisdom that they've found, or maybe something changed with Facebook or something changed with Google ads or whatever that they knew that I didn't um, and vice versa. And it's just that great, not only to have the camaraderie and have the, <laughs> sometimes we just have, um, you know, uh, complaining sessions over the, <laughs> the tacos and the salsa. Um, but it's also good to just know that there's someone else who's dealing with the same things, having the same struggles, having the same triumphs, but then also has those different resources that, you know, I may not have heard of. And then I also like going to 
um, speaking at, you know, different conferences and things, right. and then attending the sessions that I'm not speaking at and actually getting a little bit of insight there as well. So really just hanging out with people in the industry, I find at this stage in my business after like 20 plus years that um, I find that that's the best thing for me now is to connect one-on-one -on -one with other marketers and then just be around other marketers in the industry and like group settings also where we can just share and have, you know, more of a casual, hey, did you know about this kind of thing versus me sitting down and taking a course, you know, because that's what I did in the beginning. And right. that's what really helped me move forward. But now at this point, it's more about the connections and the people. Yeah, I, I had a, a, a catch up last night, actually, with a, a group of people that I've known predominantly um, just online. And we, we get together sort of once a month and have a, a group session over Zoom and actually meeting some of those individuals in person last night. It, as you say, it just brings a whole new level to the conversation, doesn't it? So, it does. It does. Wonderful. And um, so maybe a couple of uh, slightly different questions. then. if you um, if you could take your skill set and your knowledge and your expertise and really help one individual or team or organization that you'd really want to, to have a crack at, who would that be? Well, there are a couple of people that I am speaking to right now that are potential guest clients, um, but they're actually other marketers. Right. And that is one of the things that I've been focusing on. Um, there's a, a group that meets online and it's full of new to sort of new marketers. Maybe they've been in business less than 10 years. Right. And I just find that, you know, when I go there, I am so inspired by them because they have started their businesses. They're really working on these things, but also that I just can say one thing and that's like their light bulb moment, you know? And to me, it's, oh, that's 20 years of experience. Of course yeah, yeah. It's, it's easy to me, but for them, I just see them like light up and go, oh, that was the thing I was missing or, oh, I didn't even think about that. And for me, that's just the best thing. So even though they're kind of my competition in a way, right. <laughs> I really find that like mentoring other marketers has been so fulfilling for me at this point. And um, I, I want to pass on all these things that I have learned to give them those shortcuts that people had passed on to me when I was in that yeah. same position. So I, I don't know if it's like an organization per se, but I find that just people in marketing who have been in business less than 10 years, because <laughs> that's kind of my sweet spot. Nice. Um, I just, would, I love mentoring them and just giving them whatever questions they have. Because I feel like sometimes in that stage, when you're in that beginning middle stage, you haven't quite hit that 10 year, like I'm over the hump mark. Right. And you, you feel like, I, who can I ask a question of? Like, who is basically smarter than me? <laughs> it's kind of hard to find those people sometimes. And so I like to kind of be that person that says, nope, been there, done that. Here's what you do. Step one, step two. Don't do step three. It doesn't yeah. work. And just go to step five, you know? <laughs> yeah, those conversations of, uh, of what not to do are equally, if not more, valuable, aren't they? From a, yes. From a <laughs> cool. And um, and if you were able to sit down and have a drink, have a coffee, have some tacos uh, with somebody and learn from them and just absorb their wisdom, who would you want that to be? Uh, I really do like Simon Sinek. I think he's a very interesting person and has a lot of really good insights. And I also um, have been following Seth Godin for probably over 10 years, maybe going more on the 15 year mark. Um, and I remember one of the things that he had on his blog way back in the day, early 2000s. Um, he had this blog that he was writing, I think it's still in existence, but um, he would write like one line and that would be the blog for the day. And of course, social media was kind of newish at that point. So no one was really using it for business business at that point. Yeah. Um, and he would just write this one liner. 
And then the next day he might write five paragraphs on a totally different subject. Hmm. And it really gave me this sense of there aren't really any rules, yeah. right? There might be guidelines in marketing, but there aren't any rules. And every time I've read a book of his or, um, you know, watched a video that he's been doing or a podcast or whatever, I always just find something that he says is so kind of freeing, almost that minimalist approach that says, why are you worrying about that? Or <laughs> why are you dealing with these or thinking about these things? Like, don't worry about that. It's not a big deal. Um, you should be focusing more over here versus over there. And so I just find that he's very fascinating and interesting as well. So I'd, I'd love to pick his brain. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Yeah, I, I love that aspect of there is just that freedom to do. It, it's there for you. You know, you, you take control. It's a big part of do, um, setting out by yourself and running your own business, isn't it? It's like, yes, there are guidelines, but you can make the rules as to how you want yes. to play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wonderful. And how do people find out more? Where do people go to contact you and to find out more about Absolute Marketing? They can go to getabsolutemarketing.com. And I mentioned I love kind of curating all the tools that people might need. I actually have put together a free, um, like we call it the Pro Toolkit. And it's all the tools that not only I personally use in my business, but everything we've used for clients as well. Okay. And so it's just a, a running list and it's constantly updated. So you go to it, um, you put in your email and you get access. And it, if I change something in my business, it gets taken off that list and a new right. thing gets put in. So constantly being updated, constantly curated. Um, and I also have a lot of free videos. I have two free courses and it's all kind of bundled together. Um, and I just like giving that to people to give them a little bit of a head start in where they're going with their marketing. Yeah. Lovely. And as always, I'll make sure those links are in. I've just been uh, uh, having a look and uh, listen to some of the little podcast clips you do as well. So real short sessions and yes. real practical tips. And uh, I'm, as well as these interviews I'm doing, started doing that piece myself as well. And I, I do think that's a lot of what people want on top of the interest of having, hearing these conversations. It's actually what are the tips and tricks, the things that they can take an impact in uh, their own performance in whatever way. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love doing the two minute podcast. Um, it's called marketing minimalism. And I, I just have loved giving those two minute bites. And I've challenged myself in the beginning to, to definitely just stick to the two minutes. But as time went on, some of them are like nine minutes, don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> but I feel like sometimes sub subjects just need a little more room. Um, but I do really like that two minute format, two to three minutes anyway. And I've had guests. I have a lot of guests that have been on. We just had a guest on um, the other day. And it was it's so fun to see other people embrace that format and challenge themselves to say something really meaningful and valuable in two minutes. So I, I love the format. Ah, wonderful. I'll make sure those links are in. I really do encourage uh, the audience here to go and check those out because not only are they hugely interesting, but there's a load of value to be taken from there as well. So. Uh, um, Amazing conversation. I'm fully inspired and I love just love this concept of being able to have a year's worth of material, focus on your, your business for a, a week, get yourself set up, have take that weight off your shoulders and free yourself up to do the work that you're there to do. So uh, uh, thanks for the inspiration. I encourage everyone to, to reach out to Elizabeth and, uh, and Absolute Marketing and, and take her up on the, the amazing work that she does. So thanks for being on the show today, Elizabeth Pampolo. Thank you so much. It's been lovely talking to you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform.
If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.